San Diego First Church, so good to be with you again. I'm here with Pastor D. This is when usually Pastor D jumps in. <laughs> I'm here. He is here. <laughs> Thanks, man. You didn't, you didn't get the verbal cue there. <laughs> it's good to be with you. You as well. We are hanging out today as we always do in this podcast. This is our Connecting Points podcast in which... I usually hang out with Pastor D when he's present, <laughs> and uh, we talk about uh, not just what was preached on Sunday, um, but we connect it to one of the lectionary passages uh, for this week. We've been uh, going through uh, different uh, lectionary passages and, and having that be uh, shaping our formation and imagination um, here in our church. And so we are looking to do some connection um, between what Dee preached on Sunday, which was out of 1 Peter chapter 2, 19 through 25. Uh, and this week, we're going to be hanging out in the iconic passage of Psalm 23. Uh, and as Dee mentioned uh, in the, the sermon on Sunday, uh, the kind of the theme that runs through all of the lectionary passages for this week is that of shepherd and shepherding. And you did a great job of helping us like unpack that experientially um, with our kids and kind of what we already bring to the table. Um, but I'd love to, to read Psalm 23 for us. Uh, I'll be reading it in the NRSV version. And I just want you to, to uh, remind yourself, as Dee reminded us on Sunday, is that uh, these words are very common to, to us. Uh, we have heard Psalm 23 read numerous times. Many of us have. Um, and so if this is your umpteenth time uh, hearing Psalm 23, take a moment, uh, listen to something new that might kind of pop up into uh, your brain and your spirit as you uh, listen to this. And this is this is one of your first times listening to Psalm 23. Um, I hope this is a, a way for you to imagine uh, God coming alongside of us. Here is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, D, uh, what are some of the kind of beyond the thematic shepherd metaphor that is shared in First Peter chapter 2 and Psalm 23, what are the connections that you see? Well, I think it feels like it's uh, healthy to acknowledge that at least on first glance, it seems like, and maybe I feel this way every once in a while with electionary readings, that those who put together the lectionary were pushing real hard to try and identify particular themes and make sure that they carry through. Yeah. Because the Peter reading is actually out of order in terms of the mm -hmm. sequence of reading through Peter. And there's nothing wrong with doing this, but 
it feels like they jumped to this end of chapter two in order to pick up the piece in Peter that references shepherding. Um, and then the Good Shepherd um, Psalm, Psalm 23, and the John reading in John chapter 10, 1 mm -hmm. through 10, I think was the yeah. other passage. And so it's not that it feels like it's forced, but it does feel like it was maybe a bit of a stretch that the whole passage is not necessarily a perfect fit with Psalm 23 or vice versa. And the passage in Peter is what closes out that um, section which says, and you like sheep have gone astray. Yeah. And so this reference to um, the ways in which we use this beautiful metaphor to help us understand the spiritual journey. For me, the difficult thing is that this particular imagery is pretty foreign to us. Yeah, We get handed a lot of really nice descriptions from people who know shepherding better and their books written about the 23rd Psalm and mm -hmm. what it means to be a shepherd or a sheep or um, try, trying to get us to help uh, to a place where we might take this metaphor and apply it. But it's not the easiest metaphor for 21st century people to grab hold of. City dwellers. Yes, <laughs> most definitely. And the thing that should, at least has in the past, jumped off the page to me is that sheep uh, have often been referenced as among the dumbest animals. Yeah. And so is that what I'm supposed to pick up <laughs> yeah. from the metaphor? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that pushing yourself to maybe understand a metaphor in the context in which it was really originally given is actually a healthy exercise. Yeah. But Psalm 23 also has some other metaphors. It's got a metaphor of um, eat, dining at a table. Yeah. Um, it's got a metaphor of dwelling in the Lord's house. Mm -hmm. And that house metaphor carries into this coming week's readings. Yeah. So it is interesting to pick up how metaphors repeat themselves in different ways to teach us different lessons. Um, I do think, as I said on Sunday, how important it is to recognize the audience to which the Peter passage is written. I think the psalm, as is evidenced by culturally, how this psalm has become the go-to passage for people who are grieving yeah. or um, in the midst of difficult times, it is a song or a poem that seems to resonate deeply with the notion that I'm not alone. Yeah. And when I think of Peter's writing um, to those in those provinces that were aliens, foreigners, no rights, people who were trying to find others in their same terrible state and gather with them with a common faith and hope, um, and the suffering that they endured, yeah. this seems like, at least in our day and age, the psalm that helps us get through those kinds of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like in our day and age, it was a psalm that was repeated over and over again mm -hmm. uh, with the congregation that Peter was writing to. Yeah. And, and I would also offer um, one other piece, and that is, when I read a psalm, because it's poetry, I think it invites me to freely associate and paraphrase 
from what I think it's saying to my circumstances. And so one of the phrases, the opening line that I've paraphrased that I carry with me all the time is the Lord is my shepherd and everything I need today is within my grasp. Mm -hmm. That's my paraphrase that helps me to recognize I'm partnered with God. God's overseen this. And I'm going to have to put forth the effort to grasp for things. Mm -hmm. So we partner together. But everything I need for today is within reach. And so I think that that's what a poem often does. Invites us to play with the imagery and think through for ourselves how this might apply to our circumstances, whatever they might be. Yeah. How about you? What are some of the connecting points you see? Yeah, in the same way that you used um, kind of the bridge of poetry, of, of water skiing on the poetry and waving at the, um, at the author on the shore, um, I think of this in combination with uh, Psalm 23, in combination with that idea of um, a, a kind of a phrase that Eugene Peterson uses in, in his book titled, Christ plays in 10,000 places. And um, that idea of Christ showing up in these really imaginative ways, uh, it really kind of strikes at my own imagination. And uh, I'm challenged by the thinking outside of the framework that we are usually thinking of when we Mm -hmm. think of, yeah, like... Christ has healed us by his wounds. Well, what, what then does it mean for us to, in our own woundings, be healed by Christ uh, and have those wounds that Christ was healed of and yet still remain? We've talked about this previously. Kind of move us into um, being uh, the healing of others. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and something kind of we, we've talked about previously. And, and just that idea of, that the metaphor moves us. It's not to keep us in a box. Because as you point out, the, the metaphor within Psalm 23 moves itself. Mm-hmm. And that it moves from kind of shepherd language, God being a shepherd, to now us being in the darkest valley or the valley of death. And, and then moving us to a table in a house with enemies. And, and so there, there are just these small shifts in metaphor that should always keep us thinking so what then i kind of take this back end of this and this is where the connecting point is for me and and something you made mention of is that this passage in first peter was written to slaves right and and it says slaves obey your masters and within that context that means different than what it might be interpreted in in the american south absolutely or uh in the kind of the a transcontinental railroad uh, coming out here to California, though that scripture lands differently in its first century context. And I'm also reminded of that phrase, like, uh, and you seat me at a table with my enemies. And what would it have been? Because I don't have that experience. What would it have been for the, the, indentured labor creating that transcontinental railroad or in the in the south at the time for them to have also you're seated at a table with your enemies and vice versa for yeah. slaveholders and train masters to go what is it that you are sitting at a table with those who are 
on the outside or those that are literally being wounded in your in your employ in your slave holding um, it challenges the way that I, I I think of who's doing the reading and to what end yeah and so there's not a there's not a great landing place for that but it's just a challenge to my own imagination of reading the text in a way that is not just my experience, but how can this text be read outside of my own context? And what does that mean for how I read it? Yeah. I'd like to piggyback on that um, with a portion of Psalm 23 that I feel like I have a lifetime of unpacking to do. I'm, I'm only on this journey a short ways when yeah. I speak about this particular verse, and you just referenced it. Um, the translation in the NIV is, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I think the language itself is the valley of shadows. Mm, yeah. And um, certainly from my journey exploring the shadow side of my life and exploring the shadow side of organizations or institutions. Yeah. And we talk about... Um, <laughs> the ways in which the word speaks to us at different times in different ways um, through different circumstances and my personal shadow side shows itself in different ways now than it did 15 years ago mm -hmm. i'm discovering and exploring those things that i've pushed into the unconscious or um, reactions or feelings or responses prejudices biases um, all of those kinds of things, as they surface, we're invited to address the shadow side. But the powerful portion of this is that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or through the valley of shadows, and I'm going to fear no evil. Yeah. We are always petrified of our shadow. Yeah. Organizational systems um, with such fear about their shadow side rarely address the shadow side like, what is the un unintended consequence of this organizational system? Yeah. We hate to take ownership for that, yeah. but it's true of individuals and it's true of organizational systems. And the invitation is to actually step into the Valley of Shadows mm -hmm. and recognize that their transformation has the possibility to take pieces of who we are individually and collectively and remake us. Mm -hmm. So you ask yeah. about reading a passage of scripture and who is it that's doing the reading? Yeah. Well, whoever's doing the reading, if they're not aware of their own shadow side at yeah. all, yeah. then they read it in a very narcissistic, I think, mm -hmm. self-serving way that perpetuates yes. the shadow of the individual and the institution. Mm -hmm. And that then becomes a horrific way by which scripture becomes weaponized. Yep. And what I love about Peter is that he's speaking to the group that's oppressed. Yeah, yeah, the exiles. The exiles. And I want to hear it through their ears, not through mine. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. No, Lord, help us. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's good to be with you, Dean. Thanks, Matt.